the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Title to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Flatline with your host Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 6.30 here on AM 1420 The Answer. The Flatline describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. That's The Flatline with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on AM 1420 The Answer. Hey, Drew here, host of Reloaded, a reality show about my life as a girly girl raised in a gun store. Yes, you heard that right, a gun store. We're a family-owned range in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a firearms instructor, and my passion is to empower Americans to exercise their Second Amendment rights. This series is full of ups and downs, laughs, family drama, and of course, a lot of ammo. Join me and my family run three successful gun ranges while I prepare for the most difficult event of my life. You can find every episode now only at SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager has mixed feelings on the McCarthy move. I hate having mixed feelings because I normally don't have mixed feelings. I normally take a strong position and explain why I've taken it. I don't know what this will change. Kevin McCarthy, in some ways, did a good job. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1420. The Answer. WHK Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group, broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios, proud to be celebrating over 50 years. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, You'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. It's kind of a gloomy day, so grab a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and a piece of paper and a pencil. And let's start off getting a little inspired simply because of the fact you need it on a day like this. Sometimes later becomes never. Do it now. The first step towards success is to take when you refuse to be a captive to the environment in which you first find yourself. Ain't that the truth? Push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. I uh, did that on the bike this morning. <laughs> Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. Ain't that the truth? And then the last one, uh, success is simple. 
do what's right, the right way, at the right time. Hallelujah on that one. All right, so, um, you know, it, it was an interesting week. Um, a lot of stuff happened, and I, I just, I'm going to go to the experts, because it's kind of a nothing's happening week, you know, and, and in September we had uh, a kind of a, a 4 to 5% sell-off, which felt like it was like more like 10 or 20. <laughs> so uh, Lori Calvacina, our head strategist, had some ideas of what to think at this point. And uh, she said sentiment still hasn't gotten bad enough yet. Okay. Uh, and remember, September is the worst month of the year. It's, you know, Rob Schleimer's been saying for a long time. And October is a bottoming time. Okay. So just remember that. So Lori has what she calls the chart of the week, and she's been keeping a pretty close eye on it. And it's been writing about uh, uh, quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, and it highlights net bullishness uh, in the American Association of Individual Investors survey. It comes out every week, and it's a survey that's widely watched survey in, in the equity community uh, for good reason. It helps to identify when both optimism and pessimism has gotten too extreme, you know, and based on the data spanning several decades, actually. So it, it's, it's good, good stuff. So the latest weekly rate rating, uh, reading, I'm sorry, came in at 11.5 on the negative side, uh, as in favor of the bears with a 5.7% reading on the four week average. So the weekly stats can be volatile. So we tend to focus on the four week average. Okay. So, uh, it's getting very close to being one of those standard deviation below the long-term normal. Uh, while we aren't there yet, the retreat in the investor sentiment, I think, is important. And and uh, on this metric, it briefly reached one standard deviation above uh, in August. So, you know, that that's why we haven't been talking a whole lot about, uh, hey, you know, what to buy and all that stuff. And the surge... In the 10-year yield, so we're going to talk about this because Rob Schleimer went into detail about this. And Rob's our head technician, if you know who he is. We'll talk about this later in the show. But in, in last week's uh, Pulse, they talked about, the you know, uh, where, which Lori puts out every week, the government shutdown fears hadn't been enough to allow the deep fear in the U.S. equity markets to return. Uh, now, the dysfunction in Congress didn't make equity investors feel any better last week, and our you know, our conversations, or Lori's, I should say, suggest that the most significant con uh, contributor to rising angst in the U.S. equity market has been the surge in 10-year yields. I mean, we were at 325 a month and a half ago. We hit 480. You know, that's a huge move in the Treasury yield business, and the dollar has made a big move, too, because, you know, the dollar usually is propped up by uh, someone's interest rate. So the data suggests that the U.S. equity markets do have the potential to work, you know, to weather the current surge in interest rates, but the surge kind of needs to come to an end pretty soon here, folks. Uh, so the S&P 500 tends to keep rising when the, the move in 10-year yields has been limited to about 275 basis points. So surge in, year, in yields are more than that. The stock market tends to decline long-term. So some other things that she noticed, and I'll just mention these, is the S&P 500 continues to see upward revisions to earnings per share forecasts. Uh, so 
you know, we talked about that last week. So that keeps the bar a little higher than we'd prefer, you know, heading into the the third quarter reporting season. And bond flows and global equity flows are fading fast. And and while U.S. equity flows are showing some resilience, it's all in uh, non. Uh, it's it's mostly in uh, passive funds, shall we say? Okay. So small cap positioning among asset managers is back in net short territory at levels close to the May 2023 lows. I remember this, this, uh, the summer 2022 lows are still far off, however, right? so, so we're not there yet. So I think if the key is, is the investor sentiment is, is a problem. But look, the last two years, we've had three years of negative movement in bonds so if you've been in bonds for three years you've been you got whacked you know you had a four, you know uh, four point well was it yeah it was 4.6 percent sell off in 2021 or uh, yeah 2021 2022 you had a uh you know a 31 percent sell off in the tlt um and then this year it's, it's down two and a half percent so you've had you know if you've been in bonds for three years you got whacked all right so that's something to to you know, pay close attention to. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, uh, you know, Lori talked about, uh, she listened in our healthcare conference and um, we, we had a great healthcare conference last week. We'll have the notes out pretty soon, but she kept her bullish outlook on biotechnology, health, uh, healthcare service providers, healthcare equipment, services, and medical supply and devices, and her neutral, uh, her neutral outlook on uh, healthcare uh, payers, which is managed care, and life science tools and diagnostics. Now, the broader sector scored possibly, um, well, the, the reason she likes it is just simply valuation. So let's put it that way, okay? Make it easy on us. Uh, the ability to manage higher interest rates from a balance sheet perspective and recession pressures are there. So uh, if the 2024 election, um, you know, our analysts see the events is somewhat relevant to their industries aside from the medical supplies and device teams, you know, so it, from a strategy perspective, we see the sector attractive valuations more compelling on our work than utilities and utilities are, are have got beat up. So uh, we're seeing few fundamental headwinds to the sectors and consumer staples. You know, there's some, there's some worries about the consumer staples with, you know, like candy and people about some of the weight loss drugs. And and then it's worth noting that the sector is counter-cyclical, okay? And flows have been negative in recent months, but not deeply so. Now, they, they, they've really had a problem uh, for the last year or so. So, uh, well, actually, four or five years. So it's been a tough road for these guys, and we'll just, you know, we'll leave it at that. Now, we have a young lady that's on CNBC quite a bit, Halima Croft, who we're very proud of. Uh, she's, she's an ex-Navy SEAL. And she's also a, she was a member of the CIA, so she really has a great feel for uh, what's going on in Israel and around the world. And and she's the head the head of our uh, commodities group, uh, which is usually you know whatever uh, you know war and things like that affecting affect what uh, you know they they follow. So the situation, uh, as she says, the situation on the ground in Israel remains very fluid following the. The Hamas attacks uh, on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War. Now, the U.S. leopard 
effort to secure a sweeping diplomatic result with Saudi Arabia appears to be very precarious place following yesterday or the uh, last week's events. So we've been highlighting since the beginning of September that there has been clear movement towards reaching a mega deal, which would encompass Israeli normalization, civilian nuclear assistance, and new security guarantees and potentially energy support. However, Iran, a very big wild card, and we'll be watching how strongly Prime Minister Netanyahu blames Iran for facilitating these attacks by providing Hamas with weapons and logistical support and that type of thing. So things will be fluid for a while, folks. Uh, Leave it to that. So (laughs) I had some questions about that this week, and I sent that that article out to a lot of people who are on my mailing list. If you'd like to get on that list, no. you know, you just go to WHK fourteen twenty. Go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, and you can go directly to my web page and it has a lot of contact me and email me. And don't forget, you know, there's uh, under the Insight banner, there's a lot of new research on there, and also the bulletin board has Rob Schleimer stuff. But you know, these are the times where a wealth plan makes a lot of sense. You know, the one thing I like about the wealth plan that if you sign up with us is simply the fact that we can do what ifs. You know, what if, what if, you know, there's a war? What if there's World War III? You know, that type of thing. We can make changes accordingly. Uh, so the Wealth Plan Questionnaire is available to you. But, you know, look, I, I think sometimes, you know, when you're driving a car, they they tell you to, to signal, look at your mirror, and then go over the shoulder a little bit. That's called smog. And it's been drilled into our heads of many student drivers over the years. And with the intention of making it, it uh, second nature to drive that way, okay? So, look, where's your blind spot? All right, driving a car, we all know that the main blind spot is behind the driver to the left. But where's your blind spot? You know, tr- traditionally, investment research has, has focused on financial data, ratios to understand how a value a company stock why things like revenue earnings per share dividends are great places to start in recent years companies have increased their disclosure on extra financial data or data not explicitly linked to the financials it's important to note that all the data disclosed by companies is relevant or material okay so what we've done at rbc wealth management we've created it created an evidence-based data-driven framework that incorporates both the financial data and the material extra data to provide a more complete picture of the potential risks and returns for a given company. So we've done several case studies, and I could go through you know, company A and B, but let's say it's a non-alcoholic beverage. Well, I'm not going to go into this, but if you'd like to find out more of what we do, this is available, okay? So... People have been calling me, and I sent out this thing on uh, from, from Halima Cross this week, and we also send out our weekly uh, global insight to, to if you're on our mailing list. And one of the things that I think is important is you have to have a disciplined approach to the market. And I would suggest it's high quality. Okay? Now, I, I can tell you that, you know, uh, Utilities are down 10% just recently. Real estate's down 9 Consumer staples are down 6.5% in less than a month. You know, so 
things have been taken on the on the chin, and energy still, you know, we've been talking about energy for two years now. Energy still looks good. But look, I think high quality now, you know, these are the times you increase your quality. Now, I, I talked to a gentleman who I've known for years, and I'm not going to mention his name. He doesn't work for us. Uh, but he's 94, and he still goes to work every day. Uh, he's a great guy. He, he was in Israel, by the way, he said, during the seven day war and uh uh he's seen it all i mean he, he started as a runner in 1961 just in time to see you know the the uh uh the cuban missile crisis and he said the, the market went down from like 92 down to 68 within a year it was 96 so he's seen as he said tim i've seen dark time after dark time and I, he said to me, where's the Dow now? <laughs> and I just laughed. And I said, he said, just buy high quality. And I think, you know, uh, there's plenty of good names out there. I have lots if you want to hear about it. So, uh, you know, we keep, I keep getting calls about the dollar, the de-dollarization. I, I think, you know, the, look, I think a lot of central banks, are trying to, especially people that don't like the United States, are trying to explore digital currencies. I think people still like the dollar, and they'll still like the dollar for a while, okay? And that's just not my view. That's a lot of other people's view. So, uh, you know, we have a tool, Batia, who's a CFA in Minneapolis, and she, uh, she talks about eyes wide shut. And it looks like it's back to basics for the U.S. House of Representatives, and the clock is ticking. So they have a stopgap fund deal uh, keeping the uh, government open and expires in mid-November. And I think, uh, you know, that could be leaving the chamber little time to select a speaker and pass a budget. So we're going to I think we're going to find out, you know, you know, will the light stay off for a long time? Uh, you know, who, who's the next speaker going to be? I, you know, and I, I hope we pick one um, soon. I uh, just, I, I mean, look, some people think that there could be some shutdowns. There have been in the past. I think the longest one was in, in uh, 2018 for 34 days. And then we had a 21 day in 1995 and 16 day in, uh, um, oh, 16 to 17 day, I guess, in 78 and, and also in, thir- in 2013. So. Uh, things happen, and you know, the part of the government is part of a democracy. People all have their right to say whatever they want, but you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, the, look, the horror movie that has been inflation again has investors on edge. And if you saw some of the numbers come, you know, come out this last week, there was a reason why. So I think the market anticipated a higher uh, CPI. And there was a lot of moving parts in that latest CPI report, and it made it difficult to draw, you know, a broad stroke narrative about the true state of inflationary pressures. But the Fed chair um, has consistently said it'll be likely be a bumpy road back to 2%. I think the only way back to 2% is through a recession. And I, I just can't see it. He, you know, why would he want to go back to a recession? I don't know. You know, I don't think he's, I think he's in a precarious situation, let's just put it that way. So uh, shelter has long been an issue for the CPI report. 
uh, both for its outsized weight on the 30%. Uh, it's, I mean, it's more than 30%, and its calculation method. Um, its calculated largely reflects what shelter inflation was this time last year, or the rates at which 12-month leases were signed rather than the rates currently. All right, so it, it's it's a tricky thing. So it, it'll be hard to get it down, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. But uh, you know, let, let's take a um, uh, short-term break. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. We'll be right back. This is Congressman Max Miller. America's workforce is one of its most valuable resources. But today, our workers don't have the skills they need to compete. That's why, this year, I've been co-sponsoring bills to equip hardworking Americans for the modern workplace. Like the National Apprenticeship Act, which creates one million new apprenticeships across the country. The Freedom to Invest in Tomorrow's Workforce Act, which will provide more flexibility for college savings plans. And the Aviation Workforce Development Act, which will create new pathways for more aviation mechanics. Not only that, I've highlighted the importance of a skilled American workforce and congressional committees, and I've held productive roundtables and meetings with steel and aerospace workers. If you want additional information about my work to aid America's workforce, please call my Medina District Office at 330-661-6654 or visit my website at maxmiller.house.gov. Paid for with official funds from the office of Max Miller. Hey friends, Bob France here for Discount Drug Mart, your immunization destination. Flu season is here, and if you're a mind to get the flu shot, they're ready and waiting for you at your local Drug Mart pharmacy. The flu shots reduce the severity of symptoms and can even prevent complications that lead to hospitalization and even death. Additionally, Sweetest Day, October 21st, celebrate the sweetheart in your life with Hallmark Sweetest Day cards. Gifts, perfumes, chocolates, wine, and champagne, you name it, Discount Drug Mart saves you the runaround. They've got everything you need. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're uh, we're back, and it looks like the arena stopped. That's good. So, uh, you know, our Global Portfolio Advisory Committee uh, talked about the short-term thinking that's driving long-term bonds. And the recent rise in the longer-term U.S. Treasury yields, despite an economic background that looks supportive for the asset class, has given a rise to a bunch of theories. And we examine supply and demand forces in the bond market and uh, that type of thing. And the recent fundamental data on the U.S. economy is mostly supportive for long-term bonds. In our view, inflation is down from the 2022 levels, levels and consumer balance sheets are growing more fragile. And the U.S. budget growth appears likely to slow. Um, I mean, you know, I think that's what the speak, you know, the, the fight for the Speaker of the House is all about. So, uh 
So I, I think that the price stability will take precedence over growth considerations going forward. Uh, and when it comes to cutting, on all, you know, we we believe at RBC that the emerging picture of slower growth when anti-inflation central bank should be good for government securities with longer-term maturities. Short term, however, you know, look, um, you know, the market, you know, it's all about numbers, but the market, you know, has emotion to it too. And look, if you go in to buy a car and your credit rating is not so hot, will you get a lower interest rate or a higher interest rate? And if the world thinks that our credit rating is not so hot, they're going to make us pay up, okay, which is what I'm, I think we're seeing right at the moment. But um, the markets have been marching to kind of a different drummer with the, the yields on 30-year and 10-year treasuries rising very sharply in September. And, you know, from the, the, the bottom in July till the end of September, we went up, you know, 1.5%, you know, a little bit more. And, and that's a lot for our bonds, okay? Uh, the, the, you know, I think there's been a lot of theories, and, and the usual suspects uh, have been higher inflation, which you know it, the numbers came out that way in in uh, September. So, uh, but we had a 10 year basis point rise in the five year five year inflation swap, which is a, a market derived measure of annual expected inflation between 2028 and 2023. So. It's uh, that's kind of interesting. In addition, the market's direct projection of inflation over 30 years, the yield difference between fixed rate and inflation adjusted bonds has likewise moved to uh, uh, only a fraction okay, of the overall change in yields. So we think it's hard to argue that the markets are spooked by inflation. Well, investors forego easy money from inflation linked investments. So you know, another idea we hear floated is that the default fears uh, driven by rising U.S. debt levels are pushing investors out of longer bonds. That view ignores both the strengthening dollar and still high global stock prices. So, uh, you know, I think the real culprit is we think the biggest driver of the shift to higher yields is the lack. Is, well, it's a simple lack of available risk appetite among investors who you know, historically been keen buyers of, of the, the, you know, the uh, asset class. So we'll see. Once again, uh, we have, you know, we talked about our our industrial conference. We have day one available, uh, and I'll think about day two. But uh, I, I think I'm on the right path because so far I've mentioned it three times and no one's called in for it. <laughs> and, you know, the last time I did that was with the software group in 2028 or 2018. And those things just lifted off for three years after that. So we'll see what happens. You know, um, I, I just want to talk about, you know, we we have this recession scoreboard that we we update we, uh, monthly uh, at RBC. Um, and I think the key thing to talk about is calm, okay? Some data still to come. There's been... Uh, no sufficient changes uh, this past month necessitating any, you know, position. So the expansionary, you know, we look at five or six indicators. The expansionary indicators are the unemployment rate and the free cash flow of non-financial corporate businesses. Neutral is unemployment claims, new orders, and Fed funds versus nominal GDP. Recessionary is the yield curve and the conference board leaning economic index. Um, 
but I just think you just need to be calm and that's, that's, it's as simple as that. So, uh, some people keep asking me about it and I, I keep saying, you know, that's, that's what you need to be taking a look at. You just got to be calm sometimes. And I think people they let their emotions, you know, that's, that's why people use me is because my emotions, you know, uh, I had somebody call me a cold, you know, son of a gun. And I said, good, that's exactly what you need. So I, I think the, the important part, and, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, the narrow leadership for a couple months now. And so the narrow leadership has continued, although I noticed last week we had a couple days of everything moving up, uh, which was pretty good. But, you know, you have those, you know, the, the Magnificent Seven, as they talked about it, and they're responsible for a lot of uh, the uh, leadership. Uh, 78% of the companies pay a dividend and only 23% do not of that magnificent seven. Uh, so while the dividend stocks have not performed well this year, and the market is quite narrow, dividend stocks did perform well in 2022. Remember that. So um, I think, you know, you buy yield when yield is up and stock, and the particular asset class is down. All right? So right now, you know, the, the asset class that got killed is the 10-year and the 30-year treasury bond. Okay? Um, and also the dividend stocks. So, so we'll leave it at that. But, you know, I, I do have, uh, some real interesting picks, uh, going forward. Uh, and, and I have a great, uh, report here that, uh, I think I can send out. I'm pretty sure I can, um, uh, called taking stock. And I, I think it's something that you should pay particular attention to. So, uh, now look, um, we keep talking about retirement and how it's changing. Okay, the modern American family uh, has changed a, a lot of uh, their social uh, norms, and and the rise of millennials are changing the structure and the look of American families a lot. Okay, so for example, in the '60s, more than 73 percent of all the children were living with uh, two parents in their first marriage. Today, less than half are. That's a big change. So. Plus, there's longer, uh, you're living longer and in, and in better health, which is good. Okay. Medical advances have extended life expectancy, expectancy and increased vitality. And if you look, you know, back in 19, uh, when they started Social Security, the average American male uh, lived till 47 and a half. Now they're living to 83 and a half. Okay. So if you're, if you're wondering why you're paying up for all those drugs, you know, and that's that's the problem with the new, uh, you know, the IRA. I think they're taking away, uh, you know, they're they're messing with pricing, and I think that kills innovation. That's Tim Hayes' opinion, nobody else's. But uh, um, so they're taxing Medicare. You know, Medicare spending currently makes up 14 percent of the federal budget, and a number that is expected to grow as the program continues to expand. All right, so I think they got to preserve that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, and and an aging workforce is increasingly Members of the baby boom generation reach traditional uh, retirement age and good health. Many delay their exit from the work- workforce, which makes sense. Uh, you know, people like to, a lot of people, you know, complain about work, but a lot of people like to work. I like to work, all right? I'm one of those people. So I think the rise of longevity in the economy as the average American continues, you know, it, it, we're we're going from forty eight to eighty three, okay, males. 
females, it's even a, a greater disproportion. So this has implications for every sector, okay, ranging from technology to healthcare, housing, and beyond. And it also has a, a an effect on you, you as you're retiring, you know, because you go through these phases, you accumulate and you grow wealth, and then you find your lifestyle today and tomorrow, okay? You got to fund it. You find it, and then you fund it, and then you protect what's important to you. And then the final thing is a lot of people like to create a, you know, a lasting legacy. And it's important. You know, that's why we talk about wealth plans all the time. People think we're crazy, but you know, wealth plans are, are an important part of everybody's uh, uh, background. And, uh, you know, it's uh, look, I, I just had this discussion with, some, with two people this week. Um, you know, the one gentleman who's a good friend of mine and, uh, you know, we talked about his daughter going to school, got a full ride, you know, and how, how does it affect him? And so th- this, this is important and he wants to keep, he wants a legacy for his wife and his kid. Simple as that. And, uh, there we go. It sounds like it's time to take a break. So, uh, let's take a break. This is smart investor show. We'll be right back. My first ride along was with Jamal, even before I was hired. They wanted me to see everything from the ground level before moving forward, and it was awesome. The first time I came in, I got to sit in on a meeting and never realized that plumbers have that level of organization and sophistication to their operations. And I say that as a former degreed project manager, as well as an Air Force vet. After getting out of the service, my wife and I moved to Cleveland, and I just wasn't happy with the corporate-style desk jobs. So I prayed for a sign. That next morning, my best friend called me about this radio ad on The Fish for a company he thought would be perfect for me. And he was right. Why it works was a godsend. You have to want to help people. But if you do, this job is fulfilling in ways that the right person won't find anywhere else. If you want that for your life, call us direct and consider it done at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. Wallach doodle. Hey, it's Bob France. You know, my friends at the Floor King know that we are all suffering the pain at the pump. And in trying to help one another during this time, they want to give you the best possible pricing in Northeast Ohio on flooring with 0% financing available on your project. And they want to hand you a new $100 gas card with each new flooring purchase. Just call the Floor King for an estimate on carpet, luxury vinyl tile, laminate, or hardwood at 216-640-5000. That's 216-640-5000. Get a great price and free gas. When you think flooring, think Floor King. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. Getting a little funky here. All right, Lenny. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I, 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 um, 
I think a lot of people are disenchanted with investing right now. Okay. It's been a rough year and a half, two years. Okay. So look, I, I think I went through 2021 not really recommending anything to anybody. Okay. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was trying to talk people out of buying because I, I saw some things and I'm going to talk about that same thing I'm seeing in another area. Okay. But, uh, one of the things that, and, and look, I, I talk about dividends all the time because I think it's important, and I'm not pushing dividends on anybody. You do anything you want, but you know the one thing about dividends is they they are approximately forty um, percent of the return of the S and P five hundred over a long period of time. Okay, so one of the things you want to do is look at the dividend growers and the and the guys with good dividends after they get whacked. Okay, and there's been a lot of dividend, a lot of people in, in our dividend portfolios that have got whacked, and that's an excellent time to to purchase them, as far as uh, Tim Hayes is concerned. So uh, I would just suggest that uh, when you you're looking at uh, different ideas, uh, you know, dividends would be a, probably a pretty good idea. Uh, so dividend growth stocks have underperformed the broader market year to date. And driven in part by strong outperformance from several uh, high market capitalization non-dividend that didn't pay its stocks, the Magnificent Seven. But dividend growth stocks now appear, you know, pretty much discounted and, and are trading near lower ends of the historical valuation range. So, you know, historically, dividend growth stocks have done fairly well when relative underperformance has reached the levels that we're seeing right now. Now, I'm not power to the table on these things, but I just think it's a dividends, if they're growing, you know, just think you're 40. If somebody's growing their dividends 6 to 8%, by the time you're 60, with a high-quality company, you could have, you know, an 8 9% yield. That's what you live off, folks, okay? And by the way, you know, dividends are taxed different than CDs. CDs and, and treasuries and all those others, where the treasuries... Uh, part of its uh, regular income, uh, some of it's tax-free. Uh, so, you know, CDs and that type of thing are taxed at regular income, all right? So unless you've got them in IRA, it's pretty tough to, you know, to beat a dividend growth type of scenario long-term, but that's long-term. So, you know, right now, I think we're almost one and a half standard deviations below normal for dividend stocks. So we just keep that in the back of your mind. The relative P.E. ratio valuation is about uh, one standard deviation. So keep that in mind too. So, uh, you know, I, I was listening to Rob Schleimer this week, who's our head technician. And he's a bright guy. Um, and he thinks a seasonal low is developing for equities. Uh, and what he talked about is interest rates showing a sign of a tactical top. Tactical as in short term. Okay. so. There's, despite the myriad geopolitical worries and the ongoing concerns regarding a pending recession, the path of interest rates in the U.S. dollar remain the two most important headwinds for equities. So the move above the 2022 highs by interest rate triggered some additional selling in the bonds, okay? So pushing rates and the dollar higher. And most other risk assets, most notably... <laughs> equities lower in the, in, uh, into the fourth quarter. So 
It's premature to conclude a major downturn has developed in rates. This is tactical now, okay? So it's short-term. Incremental evidence suggests that a tactical top is developing. So the 30-year is showing the first signs of reversing from its key technical level, which is 5.5%. And, you know, if you look at the overbought, oversold type of things, uh, we're fairly overbought, uh, you know, on these on most of the treasury yields, especially the 30-year. So keep that in mind. The other thing I, I will mention is if you look at the uh, um, the 10-year yield on a you know a short-term basis, it, it's gone parabolic. So what it, you, what I mean by that is when you have an uptrend, you you draw lines on the higher highs and, and the higher lows, and when it goes above that. That's usually a sign of trouble or over enthusiasm, and then when it goes below that, it's look out. You know that's uh, people don't believe it. So, you know we we've gone a little bit parabolic. So short term, there should be a pullback. The U.S. dollar index uh, usually leads yields down for some reason. I don't know why that is, but uh, it looks like it's broke the short term uptrend line dating back to July. So we'll see what happens. Now, what's really interesting, I think, is is if you look at the S and P 500, the recent third quarter pullback is showing incremental evidence of bottoming at the support at 4,200, uh, and it's coinciding with the rising 200-day uh, moving average and consistent with a seasonal low developing in the fourth quarter. Remember, September's a bad month, as we said many a times, but October, you know, as much as it's Famed of you know a couple crashes is a month where we have bottom. Okay, now one of the things that you know Rob does, Rob Schleimer, our head technician, is he has a proprietary thing he calls the weekly quadrant balance indicator. And when this gets oversold, you got to pay attention. Now it's at fourteen right now, and it got down to twelve. It's been lower. It's been down to like five, uh, but it's, that's a fairly oversold situation. So uh, and this is. Uh, you know, on a weekly momentum now, okay? It's not daily, it's weekly. So it might take a little bit while to get to get it going. But the, the, the daily momentum on the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ composite has been pretty oversold and is starting to turn up. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, on the short term, we broke the short-term downtrend line on the S&P 500 this week. Short-term, tactical, all right? <laughs> Keep that in mind, it's tactical. And I, I think... Uh, and I think Bob, uh, I mean, Rob says the same thing. Uh, you know, semiconductors still remain a very important bar- barometer for the broader equity markets. And, you know, we had that, the third quarter pullback in the SOC semiconductor in, uh, index is showing some evidence of bottoming. It's early yet, though, okay? And our expectation thinks a seasonal low may be developing for the broader market if the semis lead the way, okay? So very short term, a pause, a pullback would not be surprising given the, uh, the, the SOX has rallied right to, its, right to its trading resistance, all right? So just keep that in mind. We view the trend in semis consisting of higher highs and higher lows to be intact and expect some pullbacks to be relatively short-lived. And we think there's a lot of upside in, well, further upside, we'll just call it, in 2024. So you know, the relative performance for the S&P 500 is there. So we'll just, you know, keep that in the back of your head. And uh, look, I, I'll mention this again, the long view. 
Okay, the U.S. equity markets are nearing a very important long-term inflection point as pullbacks through the third quarter approach key support levels in the in the fourth quarter. With interest rates in the dollars, you know, still being that ongoing headwind for stocks, our base case continues to be that the secular uptrend and current market cycle remain intact. Remember, you have bear markets within bull markets, you know, and these are structural bull markets. 1987 occurred in one of the great bull markets of all time. 1990, when Saddam Hussein rolled into town, occurred during that period of time. 1998, we had the Russian ruble crisis right in the middle of a, and then we went straight up for two years. Okay, so just going to remember that. So we're what we see right now, and what Rob sees is tech, you know, tactical indicators are becoming oversold and supportive of a year in rally. And I think, uh, you know, what happens in November probably would be pretty important, you know, with the, the voting and all that good stuff. But, you know, look, we remain optimistic since the fourth quarter of 2022, given the S&P 500 established a, a typical four-year cycle low. You know, we keep talking about that four-year cycle. And it's long-term uptrend. It's four-year, 200-day or 200-week moving average. Intermediate term indicators have become became overbought in July and peaked early in the, in the late summer, and a seasonal pullback appeared likely. That's what happens. And you know, July is usually a good month. August and September is a not so great months. In fact, you know, well, I, I guess uh, you know the way I look at it, and the way Rob looks at it, I think. We, you know, I've been listening to them long enough where the weekly indicators are suitably oversold to support, you know, kind of a bottoming developing in, in October, November. So, look, I, I think the important negative macro event that developed in September was the uh, the 11-month breakout by the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield, okay? And that is broken through the uptrend line, so it's kind of parabolic. And if you look at the bonds, actually... They're parabolic on the downside, so we'll see what happens. Um, unfortunately, the trend in interest rate remains up, and it's defined by higher highs and higher lows. So I think that has to be interrupted before we have a great move up in the in the you know U.S. equity markets. But if you look at back at the you know the relationship between U.S. equity markets and interest rates, a move above four and a half percent was a very important inflection point in secular trends for equities in the 70s. And that's obvious risk today is unless interest rates begin to stall and reverse shortly, uh, equity markets will continue to trend lower. Okay, so, you know, you heard it here first. Uh, look, I think, you know, on the 6th, we had stronger than expected employment report that pushed a 10-year yield towards <laughs> a higher high, okay? Its next key technical hurdle is 5%, so we'll see what happens. And I think, you know, look, equity leadership, almost every sector was weak during the third quarter. I didn't see anything that looked good. Uh, there was interest rate-sensitive sectors. You fill those in accordingly. They got kind of whacked. And some of those are the ones that went down a lot more than the uh, 5% that they did in, that the market went down in September. Growth groups, such as tech and some other things, have been weak. So far, and their, their corrections are nearing support in line with the seasonal lows that usually develop in October. So we'll see what, if we're right here. Uh, lastly, 
the energy complex remains noteworthy as it's emerging sector right now. Okay, so keep that in mind. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, this is the Smart Investor Show. We'll be right back, and we'll talk about uh, what Mr. Schleimer sees on his weekly stuff. Stay tuned. It's the time of the season When love runs high In this time, give it to me Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Plotline with your host Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 6.30 here on AM 1420 The Answer. The Plotline describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. That's The Plotline with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on AM 1420 The Answer. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The Parkinson's Foundation knows that the disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers. We can help you understand the disease. And give you tips for living a better life. Find your answers at Parkinson.org or call 1-800-473-4636. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better Better lives together. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. That song, uh, the song playing right now reminds me of my days in Chicago. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, I, uh, I was thinking and, and, you know, one of the things that's is important and we talked about, uh, Hey, Tim, what can I get, you know, this week from you? And I, I think it's important that, you know, we have this healthcare and re- retirement. We have, you know, the new type of retirement, rewriting, we'll call it. We have the uh, wealth plan. These are all things that you don't have to know strategy, but it's getting financially organized. Okay. You know, and I I think it's important that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand, hey, financial organization is very, very important. And, uh, you know, I'll just keep talking about these things probably for the rest of my life. Um, but the, it, it's important. And, uh, you know, those are things that you should be thinking about right about now, I think. So, you know, if, if you're looking at um, the short-term moves in the market, I think it's important that, that if you look, there, there's a lot of macro and geopolitical headwinds. I mean, if you know, if you watch CNBC, you better hope the window's not open, okay? Because somebody's going to jump out one of these days. And uh, But the equity markets remain on track to establish a, a seasonal fourth quarter low. And, you know, we are seeing some things break out. 
I'm not telling you where. I know where they are. I've been starting to buy them the last couple of days. Um, and I think the, the short-term indicators, meaning like the put-to-call ratios and the tracking, you know, two to four week swings are very oversold and are bottoming in line with expectations that the S&P rallies from key support near 4,200. And, uh, you know, as, as Rob Schleimer said, it's rising right at the 200-day moving average, which is just what you want to see. I think the first key resistance around 4,400, the 4,427, as uh, Rob pointed out this week, and we expect that S&P will pause and pull back at that level. But more importantly, the weekly indicators, that this tracks two to four months swings are increasingly oversold for most of the markets and, and likely the bottom of the coming weeks, you know, uh, following the third quarter correction. Growth stocks still leading the turn and safety stocks should be overbounced. You know, a lot of the safety stocks got beat up because of, you know, they're, they're into candy or food. And uh, they're worried about uh, uh, a certain drug that can lower people's weight and their 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 food their quest for food, shall we say? Now, look, our best case uh, continues to be that the equity markets are in this early stage of bottoming, and they're heading into the earnings season in what we expect to be kind of a zigzag pattern, consisting of you know the current bounce that we just had, followed by another pullback, potentially into the uh, the FMOC meeting on the uh, 1st of November. And then we had the, uh, the elections after that. So look, the equity markets appear to be tracking for a normal fourth quarter bottom. The uptrends in interest rates and the U.S. dollar still remain major risks. Let me repeat that. The uptrends in interest rates and the U.S. dollar remain major risks that need to be, they need to reverse to support further upside in equities. Okay, so there we go. So large cap growth is rebuilding its leadership to uh, large cap value. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And and we talked about high beta versus cyclicals and, the, and similar to growth versus value, high beta versus the low volatility continues to show signs of bottoming uh, near the 50 to 62% retracement level, which is Fibonacci stuff, if you don't know. I, I've got a bunch of U.S. stocks that I like. I'm not, I can't talk about them, but I'll just leave it at that. Now, the one thing that bugs me a little bit, and Rob Schleimer pointed, pointed this out, is that if you look at the S&P 500, it held right at the 200-week moving average, okay? And it was very oversold at that point. We went from the most overbought I've seen it to the most oversold I've seen it, and now we're starting to peak on that monthly basis. So the risk you know, the expectation is that the current pullback is consistent with seasonal weakness, but what would change it if we if we broke below 4,000 and the rising 200-week moving average, okay? So that would make a lower high, folks. And if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know lower highs mean in supply and demand, you don't want supply coming in a lower level. Not a good good thing. So we got to watch that very closely. We've got to watch interest rates. And interest rates broke back into the channel, which is usually good. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but we did go a little bit parabolic on a tactical basis, short term. All right. Keep that in your mind, short term. So we got to see some breakdowns for longer term stuff. Monthly uh, seasonal, uh, you know, remember, September going back to 1928 is still the worst month, followed by February and May. October is one of the best months. 
So it's definitely a month of bottoming. So keep that in mind. And um, remember, the, the rules are go away in May and come back on All Souls Day, which just happens to be October 31st. And I went to my first Halloween party the other day So uh, with my daughter and her kids. So anyway, Rob Schleimer's quadrant balance, weekly quadrant balance data uh, is tracking the percentage of stocks which peaked in June and July is now oversold. And, you know, this is his, his work, okay, and is likely to bottom in the fourth quarter, consistent with seasonal lows and earnings season. So we'll see what happens. Uh, be very, very important for it to, to hold, uh, I, I think, 4,000 was what Rob said. And the other thing is the daily momentum is bottoming and turning up supportive of that bounce from the 200-day moving average near 4,200. So we'll see what happens. But uh, resistance, once again, is between 4,400 and 4,477. Uh, the Russell remains weak, and it's becoming very oversold fairly quickly. Uh, a break lower than the range of, I think the bottom here is like uh, 1641, would be a big problem. Uh, it would be a, a failing cycle if, if you broke through there. Uh, the relative strength is absolutely terrible, but that's what happens. Look, you went from free money to no money. <laughs> that's what happens. But it has multiple lows at this point, so we'll we'll keep our, our uh, fingers crossed. The thing I'm seeing right now is that the put-to-call ratio for equities went above one, went to 110. Remember, I talked about a year ago that the put-to-call ratio uh, back in the you know November January timeframe was the highest I'd ever seen it. Uh, we're we're up there, okay. We're not as high as that, but we're up there. So keep that in mind. The bears have come back in force. They're now at 41%. The bulls are less than 30. So uh, keep keep that in mind. So. What would I do now? I, you know, I think a, a wealth plan is a very important thing right now. So go to WHK fourteen twenty local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show. Send away for one of the questionnaires. Uh, if you come on board with us, we can do something playground. We can do what ifs. If not, it's just good to see what your probabilities of success in your retirement are. Also, we have healthcare retirement and rewriting retirement. Two great things that you should read if you're just about to retire. In the meantime, it's it's a cold, rainy day. I got to go to a wedding tonight. I was hoping it'd clear up. And we do have a uh, uh, a uh, little lunar event uh, coming up, which we probably won't be able to see. I guess it's a solar eclipse, so uh, um, we won't be able to see it <laughs> if it stays like this. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com 
com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.